Welcome to the Life Fellowship Ministries International Broadcast. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. The title of the message today is New Wine. Now, I'm not trying to bring in anything new that you've never heard before, but I want to bring something to your attention. And that is that Jesus has come to bring us new wine and to fill us. So I want to make a case today for why new wine and that the Lord has set a table before us and Jesus wants to fill us with this new wine. So why, so why new wine? Simply, new wine has the power to make us new. New wine are the sayings, the words, and the spirit of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ has prepared the New Testament a meal for us, which contains the bread and the new wine. For the believer and the hearer, whosoever will come into the kingdom, he says, this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many. The words of the New Testament has brought us to faith in Jesus Christ. Faith in Jesus clothes us in righteousness. For in Christ, our righteousness is his righteousness that clothes us as a garment. Jesus says, the words I speak are spirit and life. Now, I want you to take note of something here. He says the words that I speak. Jesus speaks with authority. And Jesus has the power of an endless life. So we're not going to be talking about another administration. He says, the words that I speak are spirit and life. It would behoove us to say what Jesus says and to hear what Jesus says and believe what Jesus says. New wine symbolizes a filling of the word and spirit of God. By believing and receiving his word, Jesus Christ gives the hearer power to become sons of God. New wine has the power to make us a new creation in Christ Jesus. And that Jesus has made us a new creation. He is not trying to fix up the old, jack it up, prop it up, make it look good, make it look sane, because it's insane. So he has come to bring us new wine to make us new wineskins. New wine has the power to change these old wineskins to contain new wine. Everyone says with, say with me, new wine. new wine. Pray with me. Lord, make us new, that we may contain new wine. So how do we become new wine skins? We must simply receive and believe the one whom the Father has sent. If we don't become new wine skins, on the day God pours out new wine, on all, on all flesh, we won't be able to contain it. The Bible says old skins will burst and spill the new wine. Jesus says, believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. Jesus came to make us a new creation in Christ Jesus. And the scripture says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. 
Old things are passed away. All things are become new. Jesus, became, uh, Jesus came to bring us new wine. And I'm going to say that a lot today. I want to get it in your spirit. New wine. And so let's, let us look at uh, Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. And when, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues as of fire, and it sat on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And we'll skip down to Acts chapter 2, verse 12 through 17. It says, and they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, what means this? Others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the, with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. That means, I'm sorry, I'm speaking from the King James. My parents taught me King James, and that's where I speak from. But, but I pray that you all are able to follow. It says for, in verses 15, it says, For these are not drunken, as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. In other words, it's 9 o'clock in the morning. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Peter is explaining it. He said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Now, what Peter is saying here, this is Pentecost. And Pentecost, Penta is 50. It's 50 days after the, after, after the crucifixion. That's Pentecost. God poured out his spirit. And what Peter is saying here, he's saying in the last days, God is saying, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. And in Luke 5, 37 and 38, it says, No man put new wine in old bottles. Else the new wine will burst the bottles and, and be spilled, and the bottles shall perish. But new wine must be put into new bottles, and both are preserved. So Jesus has come to fill us with new wine. But we have a slight problem in being old wineskins and that we can't contain a new wine. You know, you know, we don't understand what Jesus says goes. What Jesus says is not to be debated. Amen. You can read it in the scripture and he's given us the New Testament, which was written in his blood. He sealed it with his blood. And he's come to fill us with this new wine. So let us look at it. Um, so, uh, okay, church, so uh, this table is the, it, uh, in other words, Jesus has set a table before us. And I'm telling you that this table is the New Testament. If you can receive it and if you can believe it. 
He has given us his word, his spirit, and his name. Just like any good father would do. You give your, your children the word, you give them your name. So let's transition and look at what the psalmist says about the table of the Lord. In the, and so we all know this, this is a famous uh, scripture in Psalms 23. We read it many times. In Psalms 23, 5 and 6, it says, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. And so what the psalmist is saying, what David is saying, is David has substance to eat that the enemies don't have. He's been spending time with the Lord. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. We have to know the Lord is our shepherd. We don't, we don't eat from anybody's table. We eat from the Lord's table. And so he has been spending time with the Lord and has been prepared. When you spend time with the Lord, you will be prepared. David learned to eat from the Lord's table, and we have to learn to eat and drink from the table the Lord has set before us. Because David prepared us. He wasn't just talking about in his day, the Lord prepared a table before us. He's telling us who the Lord is. So when the Lord comes, we recognize him. And now the Lord has come, now we have to recognize that he set a table before us. He's given us his word. He's given us his spirit. He's given us his name. So David learned to eat what God has provided. We must also eat what God has provided. And that is the New Testament. The New Testament has the words of God that are able to make you new. The Lord's table is spiritual food. The New Testament is spiritual food that contains the word and spirit of God. And in, in, uh, in finished verse 6, it says, Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is what David is telling us. So David was anointed. He says, we have been anointed by the Holy Spirit and that God, Jesus has given us the Holy Spirit to anoint us. The anointing causes the cup to run over. So if you're feeling empty, you need the anointing of the Spirit. When we stay full from the Lord's table and when we eat from the Lord's table, we'll stay full. Our cup will run over. And it says, he, David says, goodness and mercy will follow me. And so I'm telling you that goodness and mercy is Jesus Christ. He's the goodness. He's the mercy. He says, and we will, and, and we will dwell with Christ forever. David says in the Psalms, he says, um, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And now we understand, and we will dwell in Christ forever. He's pointing us to the Lord. He's telling us uh, that the Lord will prepare a table before you. And because we have eaten up from the Lord's table, and so um, in order to understand uh, why new wine, let's understand who Jesus is. 
And this is kind of like the, one, the crux of the issue in that church. We have to know who Jesus is. We don't, you know, it's not good enough to just know about Jesus or, you know, just a little bit about Jesus. We have to know who Jesus is. Um, Jesus told the disciples, he says, I'm, I'm going to have to go away. And, um, and you know the way. And they's like, oh, hey, hey, we don't know the way. Wait a minute, what are you talking about? We don't know. Jesus said, yeah, you know the way. He said, you know me. So church, you know the way because you know Jesus. So make it your mission in life to know Jesus. And so uh, let's look in Hebrews uh, uh, chapter 5, verse 6 and 9. It says, thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation to all them that obey him. So in other words, so Jesus didn't just show up on the scene and say, I'm God and y'all do what I say. Listen, he's, he's after the order that God has set through the scriptures. And he's, a, he's our high priest. And so the first high priest is this, is this character in the scripture called Melchizedek. And so, so it says... Uh, he is a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. We're talking about Jesus. He's a priest forever. He's our high priest. He became the author of eternal salvation. So let us look at Melchizedek and see if we can glean something from him. Melchizedek, the king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine. So in Genesis 14, uh, verses 18, the scripture says, And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine. And he was the, the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him, him being Abraham, and he blessed Abraham and said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. Now, the king of Salem, is the, it, it means peace. And also, this high priest, he's the king of righteousness. The bread is the word of God. So he says, this, this high priest brought forth the bread and the wine. And so the bread is the word of God. The wine represents the spirit of God. So, and he taught Abraham, he says, blessed be Abraham. And, and, he, and, 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 he's, and he did bless Abraham and he re, and, and that he revealed the table of the Lord to Abraham. And on that table is the bread and the wine. God gave Abraham knowledge of the most high God, possessor of heaven and earth. Melchizedek came bringing the bread and wine. Jesus came being the bread and the wine. And so the scripture says in John, in the sixth chapter, verses 33 through 35, it says, For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. So right now, this scripture is telling you what the bread is. It's the one who came down and gives life to the world, and that's Jesus Christ. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore, give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, he says, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. And the scripture says in John 6, 
50 through 51, it says, This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. Now, that's some bread we want, right? Amen. And in verse 51, it says, I am the living bread. This is what Jesus is saying. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. And if a man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Jesus said, I am the living bread. And remember, he was born in Bethlehem. And, and the meaning of Bethlehem is house of bread. So God is putting this thing together. This thing has been put together for us, church. It's been put together for us. All we got to do is walk in it. So Jesus reveals he is the children's bread. He's your bread. And so let us look at the, uh, uh, when he began his ministry in the wedding of Cana. And so, and where Jesus turned the water into wine. So let's, let's look at these scriptures here and, and try to glean and understand what he's telling us. And he shows us in the beginning of his ministry what he's come to do. I mean, it's in plain sight. He's showing us, and when he turns the water into wine, he's showing us he's come to, he's come to turn us to wine. He's coming to fill us and turn us into wine, something we've never known before. So, in uh, John, the, the second chapter, verses 1 through 11, the scripture says, And the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Don't you love mothers? <laughs> and both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus says unto him, They have no wine. So, so what Mary did was, she told Jesus they have no wine. And so what Mary did was she diagnosed the problem. <laughs> also, our problem today, we have no wine. And so Jesus has come to give us wine. All we have to do is drink. The scripture tells, oh, taste and see, the Lord is good, you know. So Jesus says unto her, woman, what have I to do with thee? My hour is not yet come. But you know, mother, she's pressing. She's pressing. His mother says unto the servants, whatsoever he says unto you, do it. This is our command. Whatever Jesus says to you, do it. Uh, Mary gave us our solution to sin. So obey whatever Jesus says. The New Testament is new wine if you can believe it and if you can receive it. Church, we have to believe it and receive it. It's there, but if you don't believe it, it's not going to work for you. So every word Jesus says, every word Jesus says to us is new wine. Jesus doesn't speak out of words. He doesn't, he's not like, like oh, how do you, how's the weather today? No, no, Jesus don't speak out of words. Every word. So Jesus says to us in the scripture, words that, that, the words I say to you are spirit and life. And that's our key. The words that Jesus says are spirit and life. If we just appropriate those words in our life, we will be filled with the spirit and we will be filled with this amazing life. When, when everybody is, 
is dealing with darkness, they're running, and they, and they don't know what to do, you'll be a person to be able to stand. You'll be, be a person, you, you'll be a person able to guide somebody, you know, to the light. You'll be like a lighthouse, you know, keep ships off the rocks, you know, steady. You know, right now what we have is we have unsteady in this world. But Jesus wants to make us steady, you know, not, not, not all afraid and, and not all uh, just turbul- turbulent and tore up all the time. You know, turn the news off. And go, turn, go open up the New Testament and drink you some wine. Amen? And there were set, there are six water pots of stone after the manner of purifying of the Jews. It says, containing two or three firkins apiece. Jesus says unto them, fill the water pots with water, and they fill them up to the brim. Now notice, he says, fill the water pots. He said, and they fill them up to the brim. Church, you know... When you're driving a car, do you drive it on empty? You don't go very far. If you want to go far in the kingdom, you need to be full. You can't, you can't go anywhere half empty. You barely can count a bed. And he says unto them, draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast. And they, and they did. They, they, they drew the wine out, the water out. He says, when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and knew not whence it was, he says, but the servants which drew the water knew, the servants knew it was the water. They knew they put water in those barrels. <laughs> and the servants were like, okay, Jesus. <laughs> we put water in here. We're getting ready to give it to the governor. And the governor of the feast called the bridegroom. And says unto him, every man at the beginning does set forth good wine. He says, and when men have well drunk, then that which is worse. But thou hast kept the good wine until now. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifest forth his glory. And his disciples believed on him. So I want to give you some examples of new wine. In John 13, 34 through 35, Jesus says, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another. This is new wine, church. This is not optional. You want to be filled? You do what Jesus says. He said, love one another. He didn't say because they hurt me. You know, if somebody hurts you, you have to love them anyway. He says, as I have loved you. So now he's showing you, as he's loved us, he wants us to love others. That ye also love one another. You know, too much bickering going on, church. And if it's going on in the church, it shouldn't ought to be because we should be drinking new wine. We should be people most happy, most filled with joy. And know how to forgive and how to love. In verse 35, it says, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples. Everybody going to know that you must be with Jesus. Because you, you're loving people that are unlovely, unlovable. You've been hanging out with Jesus. Come on. 
Yeah. So if we have love one to another, that's why I love coming to Life Fellowship. I just feel the love. Every time I come, I just feel the love. You know, and I just want to try to give some love. You know, praise the Lord. So another example of new wine. In uh, Matthew 5, verses 43 and 44, it says, You have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. All right, now we... <laughs> Now, this is some good old flesh stuff here. <laughs> we know how to do that, right? We know how to hate our enemies, man. We were born on that stuff. But verses 44, he says, But I say unto you, we got to stop right there. He says, you, <laughs> you, uh, Thou, let me start over in verse 43. Say, you, you have heard that it hath been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. Now he says, but I say unto you. He's, now, Je now Jesus is, is, is talking here. Because remember now, Jesus has the power of an endless life. Remember, his administration, there ain't no end. There, there's, no, there's not going to be another... Um, uh, righteous king, unrighteous king, righteous king, unrighteous king, righteous king, unrighteous king. There's none of that. All that's cut off. End it. Jesus has the power of an endless life. And the scripture says, thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. He says, thou art a priest forever. What Jesus says goes and will always go. He says, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. In Galatians 5.13, the scripture reads, For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. And that's what I'm talking about. Don't we want some liberty? Don't you want some liberty, church? <laughs> you know, being bound up all the time. Jesus has come to give you some liberty. You can't go around hating people and have liberty. He says, only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh. Don't use your liberty for an occasion for your flesh. But by love, serve one another. Serve one another. Use your liberty. You know, nobody has, nobody, you know, I mean, when somebody has to make you to serve, <laughs> I mean, you, you, that's not liberty. You know, you're not using them. You're being made to serve, you know. He wants you to pour out that oil of, of your own free will to serve one another. He wants you to be free. He don't want a chain around your neck so you better serve. No. No, he wants you to be free. Use your liberty. Serve one another. In Ephesians 4, verses 2, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another. So with all lowliness. Not like, I served you, now you better serve me. No, 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 tone it down, flesh. Yeah. It says, with all lowliness. The scripture says, Jesus, he's lowly. He says, learn of him. So when we read that New Testament, we drink that new wine, we learn how to be lowly. Stop all that haughty stuff, you know, overbearing stuff. So in, church, uh, in, in closing... Uh, just want to talk to you about 
some drinks that the world serves. So we've been talking about new wine, what Jesus serves. So the world is serving a drink too. I just want to make you aware of that. The world is also serving drinks. It's called hate and fear. So when you drink those, that's what you get. When, if you learn to eat and to drink from the table the Lord has provided, then you'll get spirit, you'll get liberty, you'll get some of that life. Amen? And so, so the world has traps. You know, I, uh, I don't really want to go into them. You know, I, I just want the spirit to flow and to lead you. And, and you know when people are bringing fear, uncertainty, and doubt to you. Talk to them about Jesus. Ask them, have they, have they drank any new wine out of New Testament lately? Amen? And when you get uh, fearful or uh, one of those fear mongers come to you and try to make you afraid, go to the New Testament. Drink you some new wine. Amen? And so also, we have to be aware of this. There's old wine. And old wine, it's the word of God. But listen, it was to bring you into condemnation so that you might know how bad you are. And so old wine don't make you new. So if we say, you know, I, I was on a job one time and this man come in my office and he was talking to me. I was, you know, I like to talk about spiritual things. You know, some people like to talk about the weather. But um, he told me, he says, uh, I just believe in the Ten Commandments. I said, man, are you sure? <laughs> the Ten Commandments just condemns you. It tells you everything you're not. So old wine in the Old Testament, it says, touch not, taste not, handle not. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not covet. Ho, ho, ho. That's, that's not going to make you new. It'll tell you everything you're not. So old wine brings condemnation. It can't change you into new wineskins. And the New Testament says, now therefore, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Now that's where we want to live, right? Huh? We want some liberty. There's no condemnation. This new wine, there's no condemnation in it. But if you keep going to the Old Testament for your instructions in righteousness and try to redo what Israel's already failed at doing, it's like, you're going to get more condemnation. I'm, that's just the way it is. Jesus, come to bring you new wine. Spend your time over there in the New Testament and get you a new wine. Get your Bible sit and sit down at your favorite chair and have a sip. Huh? Yeah. Get you some liberty. So, um, God first gave us uh, Israel. He first gave Israel judges. And then he gave them old prophets, Testament prophets like Samuel, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah. We've all read them, read their books. Then he gave minor prophets like Joel, Habakkuk, Nahum, Amos, Micah, and Zechariah. But listen, this is what I'm going to tell you. Last he gave them uh, uh, last he gave them, uh, oh, last he gave us his son, Jesus Christ, in that he saved the best wine for last. It's his son. 
He's the wine. Jesus has brought us the best wine. He has brought us new wine. Every, every word he says is new wine. Come and drink. Oh, taste and see the Lord is good. Amen? Amen. 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 Bless the Lord.